It has been three days since the attack. Yesterday, two days after John Wynn first spoke, we played dominoes together. Generally, John Wynn is awake and gone before I even think about setting my first alarm. But since the attack, he has been sitting at the table building a ship out of toothpicks and superglue. Every morning I come in, the ship has accumulated more and more precise details. John Wynn started with a large hollow structure, forming the skeleton of what looks to be an old pirate ship. And every morning, adds a new precise detail to the ship's interior. The whole of the ship was fully furnished with old chairs carved from wooden spools and small tapestries made from fabric scraps were hung before John Wynn built the stairs to the second floor, and then glued the second floor above the hole so that it is impossible to see any of the elaborate details John Wynn so painstakingly included in the ship's basement. I hope he adds windows, although I do not think that is his intention. I assume the second floor will also be unobservable once it is completed and the top deck is added. This is a strange choice in artistic design as far as I'm concerned, but John Wynn seemed content to cover every mesmerizing detail with subsequent levels of the ship. Whatever. Anyway, yesterday, after working on the second level of his ship for about an hour, John Wynn invited me to play dominoes with him. Well, it wasn't so much of an invite as it was an abstinence of telling me I couldn't join. John Wynn set the small wooden ship aside and dumped a box of dominoes onto the table. He felt the divots with his fingers and flipped each of the pieces to the correct side. He mixed them across the table with both hands and pulled seven from the pile. I poured myself a cup of black coffee and sat across from him and pulled seven from the pile myself. John Wynn looked up at me, but before he could say anything, I slapped the double five onto the table. John Wynn felt the notches inside and made two marks on a scrap of paper. We played three rounds before he left with no pretext. The table was covered with dominoes again this morning when I joined him in the kitchen. He had apparently finished the second floor of the ship because he was covering it with the top deck. When I came in, he set the ship aside and pulled seven dominoes. I grabbed my coffee and took a seat across from him. We played a round before I left to return my library book. We used the same scorecard as yesterday, and I have no idea who's winning or what we're playing to. The roads were finally clear enough today to head into town. I hit the convenience store to grab some chopped sweet potatoes, John Wynn's favorite, and some ramen before I headed to the library. Hey, I told you not to come back here. Tyrone greeted me warmly and swung his feet off the counter instinctively as he grabbed his gun. Relax, kid, I said, walking towards the counter. No, you relax. I walked up to the counter and stuck my pointer finger in the gun barrel and redirected it from my face to aim past my head. Kid, it's gone. Yeah? He said, sounding more apprehensive than tough. I lifted my sleeve and he relaxed a little. He stepped around the counter to follow me around the store. You know, I said, inspecting a can of green beans. It would have been pretty cool of you to tell me that I had been marked by some weird alien that was going to tear me limb from limb. He stared at me hard over the gun barrel as I set the can down and picked up a bag of rice. You ever think about that? I looked at him over my shoulder. He gave a slight shrug that almost could have been remorseful. Common courtesy. I said. Tyrone didn't even smile. The kid has no sense of humor. I was checking out before I remembered that I was asked to relay a message. Oh, I added on my way out. Lily told me to let you know that she has the book you need. She does? Yeah, she told me to let you know. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool, Tyrone said, attempting to recompose himself. Cool. I walked into the library and the smell of old books and dust filled my nose. The lights were dim and the curtains drawn. The pudgy librarian at the desk glared at me as I traveled the entire length of the aisle to the back shelves where Luli was stationed. Hey, 
I said, throwing the book of horrific mythical beasts on top of a book Luli already had cracked open. Oh, good surprise. I was starting to wonder if you died. Yeah, what gives? The creature I was looking for was at the very back of the book. You couldn't have even given me a heads up? Oh, treasure. You read a book correctly, page by page, without skimming to the back. Yeah, last time I'll ever do that. You almost got me killed. Luli leaned in over the book with both her hands on its cover. With the reading lamp above her at the desk and her large round eyes behind giant glasses, she reminded me of a reptile in a tank. So, which beast was your favorite? Luli gazed into my eyes hungrily. I realized then that this girl was fucking psycho. But not evil, just really, really desperate. Uh, the human-handed swine. Yes, she reflected. That one is repulsive. You want to know something fascinating? Sure. Luli stood quickly and put her hand at the back of my head to push my ear close to her mouth. That girl has a huge secret. I looked to see a small girl, about eight, who I hadn't noticed when I had first walked in, reading quietly in a chair in the children's section. She looked Mexican or maybe Filipino. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell. How do you figure? Her hair healthy, her clothes clean and matching, and her shoes even shined. I looked and found all these things to be true, and I realized I hadn't seen a person look like this since before the collapse. I've been watching her all day. She's from somewhere, almost imaginary. I was just about to ask her where. With this, Luli released her grip on the back of my head and made her way over to the girl. I gaped at her like an idiot as she walked over. The librarian snored loudly at the front desk, providing Luli and I some cover. I really didn't have anything else to be doing, and insatiable curiosity has always been a pitfall of mine, especially when it comes to social matters. I took my place behind a shelf directly behind the children's section and peered over the tops of some dusty books directly at the back of the girl's small head. I felt pretty ridiculous, like I was part of an ambush. A tinge of humiliation shot through me as I imagined the girl turning to see me, like the time the guest of honor walked in the wrong entrance at the surprise party, and I was lying on the floor like a starfish when she walked up behind me, and it hadn't helped that I was also an hour early. Luli walked straight up to the small girl who was reading in her nook, which was a boxy, dark maroon leather chair with a large standing lamp with a yellow-colored bulb looming from one side. You're from somewhere else. The girl looked up at Luli with terror. Luli had an uncanny ability to make people feel instantly violated. What do you mean? How do they keep you so clean there? Luli was very close to the girl, only a few inches from her face. She pinched a ringlet of the young girl's tight black curls between her fingers. And scented shampoo, too. Hey, the girl said, swatting away Luli's hand. Don't touch my hair. I wanna go. The little girl's lip quivered. She was on the verge of tears. You can't. I don't wanna go. That's why I'm here. The girl began to sob quietly into her hands, and Luli looked at me like the child had just puked up a dozen spiders, stood up and walked to the shelf directly behind the girl and began to speak with me over the tops of Alice in Wonderland, Winnie the Pooh, and Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. So clearly, the girl cracks under pressure. I'll bet we could get her to take us. Easy. Luli, that's a terrible idea. But the idea was intriguing. We could find out where she's from and go back and snag nice things and sell them. Excuse me, do you two know each other? The girl sniffed. Old friends. 
The girl looked at Luli and I through wet brown eyes. Filipina. Girl was fighting with herself, deep behind her eyes. Would you want to come with me? We can play games and read together. Excuse us. Wonderful. That was easier than I could have hoped. Exactly. That's a little suspicious, right? What do you mean? I mean, a girl way too well-to-do for all hollows ends up in the library all day. And the minute we question her, she offers to carry us away to some land of milk and honey. Lily blinked at me blankly. It's just a little suspicious is all I'm saying. So, are you coming, or what? I hoisted my drawstring bag onto my shoulders. I had a fresh cassette tape, my recorder, some water, and a can of chopped sweet potatoes. Sure. I've never been able to turn down a potential adventure, and especially a dangerous one at that. The dinghy was small and wooden. It was thrown up into the cliffs at the edge of town. We had discussed the whole plan in the caverns of the library all day before stepping into the crisp, clear night. What are you doing? I'm recording. Why? You're not telling anyone where we're going, are you? No, honest. We swore. Yeah, we're sworn. Let me see this. We don't click it here. Clicking all the buttons. Sorry. So are people going to hear this? No. Then why do you record it? I'm not sure. I just enjoy it. How much further do you think we have? We'll take all of tonight and till sunset tomorrow. You have something to get back to. No. Then come and join us and look at the stars. They are clear tonight. I've never seen the stars. What? I've never left Aquaria. Why? It's too dangerous. So? It's 2069. What isn't dangerous? My mother says Aquaria is a safe haven for all those willing to sacrifice freedoms for safety. That sucks. Yeah. What's it like? What do you do there? We study, and learn, and read, and I write a lot. Paint and drink tea day after day. I'm learning calligraphy now. The native women are expected to learn and expand their views and knowledge. We are committed to eternalizing the most exquisite traditions of every culture. Where do you get all these things? The men make them or steal them. Why did you leave? It's so lonely there. I'm expected to write or read quietly every day. Well, what's wrong with that? I just want someone to talk to. I can understand that. Did you have food with you? Yeah, here. I just don't know how you open the can. Don't use your, I got it, teeth. Well, I'm gonna get some sleep. But who's gonna steer the boat? boat will take us the rest of the way. It's magnetized. I'm gonna turn it in two. Wait, is this thing still on? Go to sleep. No doubt this is about to be a shit show. Stay tuned. When we woke, it was noon. Good morning. We're almost there. I pressed myself up from the floor of the boat and looked out into the ocean. The morning was calm and the sun had already climbed high into the horizon to take his seat in the mid-afternoon sky. We were very far out. I could not see a single mountain in any direction and there was no way we were going to find this place again. 
I dug in my bag and pulled out my water and took a deep swig. Ugh, good morning. Louie's hair stuck wildly to her face, pasted with drool. Without her glasses, her eyes were small, more like a mouse's than a bug's. Almost there. There's nothing here. She had a point. Before eyes could answer, the boat came to an abrupt halt, throwing Lily and I forward into the bottom of the small boat. Ugh, fuck. Here. What? Iris simply pointed down. The side of the boat was stuck fast to a long, hollow tube, about as big as round as a slide. A large industrial vault door appeared just barely over the surface of the calm waves. I looked around. Far off in the distance, I could see various other small boats, about twelve, moored like this, seemingly to open water. Holy shit. Iris leaned over the boat and grasped both the thick bars that stuck out both sides of the iron hatch door and gave them a large heave. The circular lid of the tube sprang open and a small amount of water spilled down the sides of the tube as the waves overlapped the entrance. An old metal ladder clung to one side of the tube and extended endlessly down into what looked like the bottom of the ocean. Come quickly. I wasn't supposed to leave to begin with and if they see us climbing down here, they'll kill me. So, uh, what's the deal here, anyway? What do you mean? Like, do you guys eat people or what? We had begun our descent down the eternity ladder. As soon as the latch had closed, air began to escape rapidly through a small hole in the top of the tube and water 